Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Sunday, the 4th of December, 2022, the 10th of Kislev, 5783, recording here on a Sunday from just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem for my Monday show, because Monday I am going to be on, I guess you can call it a vacation, but it's, it's more of a fun day through work, getting to travel to northern Israel, Perhaps while you're even listening to this podcast, I'll be up in northern Israel seeing some beautiful things, touring some sites, and it's uh, in Hebrew we call it a Yom Kef, a day of fun through one of my clients through work. So it's actually a work fun trip, not necessarily a vacation day off, but nevertheless recording here a day earlier. So please God, by the time I record this podcast, and when it actually comes out tomorrow on the 5th of December, on Monday, nothing major will have happened in uh, Israel. Maybe I'll have missed some good news, and in that case, we can talk about it on next week's show, or maybe one of the other show hosts here on the Land of Israel will get to it. So let's hope for the best. Let's start off today by talking about the UN, the United Nations. Because what I've discovered, and not for the first time, what I've discovered here over the weekend is that according to the UN, attempted murder, uh, a terrorist attack, whatever you want to call it, is in fact legitimate when it comes to Arabs trying to murder Jews in Israel. That's the only conclusion I can come with after reading a tweet by one Tor Wesesland, Wenesland, the UN, whatever his name is, the UN Special Coordinator for Middle East Peace. You can look him up, Tor, T-O-R, Wenisland. So after there was a terror attack in the village of Khawara near Shechem, that's in northern Samaria, just before Shabbat on Friday afternoon. And here's what happened, reported by the Jerusalem Post. And then we'll get back to the tweet. An Israeli border police officer was lately injured in a stabbing attack that occurred after an Arab attempted to break into a vehicle with an Israeli couple inside. After he realized the car door was locked, again, he tried to break into an Arab, uh, an Israeli vehicle and try to murder the Israelis in the car. Uh, he tried then to use a stone, try to use a rock and break into the car so he could murder an Israeli or two. The driver was an IDF officer on leave he shot the terrorist, I guess wounded him lightly. The terrorist then approached a team of border police soldiers and stabbed one of them in the face. And there are uh, videos and images of this soldier, border policeman, actually getting stabbed in the face. Another border policeman tried to arrest the terrorist and other Arabs in the area are trying to help the terrorists get away. Finally, uh, this border policeman put the uh, terrorist in a headlock, pulled him away. His gun, the, the police officer's gun went flying. The attacker tried to kill, tried to murder that border policeman. At that point, he pulled his handgun and fired four shots at the terrorist, killing him. So here you have a an attempted terror spree, okay, targeting Israelis in a car. 
and then targeting border police officers there in Hawara. The wounded officer evacuated from the scene with stab wounds, and the terrorist was killed. So that's the story. But going back to this UN Special Coordinator for Middle East Peace, this is what he tweeted. This is not a joke. This is what he tweeted. Horrified by today's killing of a Palestinian man, his name is Amar Mifle, during a scuffle with an Israeli soldier near Khawara in the West Bank. Again, these are his words, Palestinian West Bank, not words that I use. He called it a scuffle. My heartfelt condolences to, the, to his bereaved family. Such, such incidents must be fully and properly investigated and those responsible held accountable. So again, as I started the show by saying here, attempted murder, terrorist attack, legitimate, needs to be investigated when it comes to Arabs trying to murder Jews. Horrified. He was horrified by the fact that this terrorist was shot dead. Israel rebuked the official uh, who referred to this incident as a scuffle on Saturday evening. A senior foreign ministry official spoke with this tour Wenis land. In the conversation, the official expressed his displeasure at the wording used. The tweet's still up, by the way, as of today. Tweet's still there. Foreign ministry spokesman Emmanuel Nachshon said the statement was a total distortion of reality. He emphasized this incident is a terror attack in which an Israeli policeman was stabbed in the face and the life of another police officer was threatened. And consequently, he shot his assailant. This is not, in capital letters, a scuffle. This is a terror attack. Nachshon added for emphasis. On Saturday night, the officer told Channel 12 he felt that if the terrorist had succeeded in grabbing his gun, which, would see, which he was trying to do, he would have shot at motorists, Israeli motorists in the area. So the officer is nearly killed. Uh, he thwarts the attack. He saves lives, kills the terrorist, and the UN peace coordinator sides with the terrorist. That is the UN in a nutshell. And at the same time here, at the same time here, just the other day, JNS reports that Italian lawyer Francesca Albanzi, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Albanzi, uh, the UN special rapporteur for the Palestinians, so-called Palestinians. This woman spoke at a Hamas organized conference in Gaza last week. And afterwards, she was trying to get into Israel. I'm not sure if she was let in or not. But at this conference, you had senior terrorists from Hamas, uh, PIJ, Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And here, the article here on JNS lists all those high-ranking terror, terrorists, terror officials who were at this conference. But in her speech, this UN woman which it was translated into Arabic, told the crowd, you have a right to resist this occupation. In other words, you have a right to fire rockets into Israel, continue the violence, continue the terrorism, continue to hold the bodies of Israeli soldiers and Israelis kidnapped. She justified Hamas's tactics, the tacti tactics of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the terrorists who murder Israelis, this woman from the UN. 
There are two in two separate stories, yet with the same message. Okay. Same message. Terrorism against Israel in the eyes of the UN is legitimate. That is the message I'm taking from these two separate stories, just days apart by these two two UN officials. The UN is a joke. You've always known that. And I think they're just trying to, you know, outdo each other in terms of how crazy it can get and how they can get away with supporting Israel's enemies and those who try to murder Israelis, firing rockets. We'll get to rockets in a second. Firing rockets into Israel, hiding behind their own civilian populations, or trying to stab Israelis in the streets. And the UN sides with the bad guys, sides with the terrorists. Not surprised. But people need to understand this reality, especially when the UN has these all, you know, all these resolutions voting against Israel time and time again. So I mentioned rockets, and the situation is heating up again in southern Israel. But, you know, re- what's, what's really new there? Um, Hamas terrorists fired rockets at Israel on Saturday night. Thank God they landed in open areas. Uh, JNS reports that the Israeli military struck a Hamas military post after those rockets were fired, and uh, terrorists uh, target an Israeli fighter jet. They try to shoot down an Israeli plane. Uh, Hamas claimed it fired an anti-aircraft and surface-to-air missile at Israeli jets conducting strikes in Gaza. Earlier, Hamas, rather, the IDF struck a Hamas tunnel and one of the terrorist group's central rocket manufacturing sites in response to the rockets launched. Uh, sirens were alerted. Sirens went off, rather alerting residents of an incoming rocket near the border kibbutzim of Kfar Aza and Achal Oz. Somehow I didn't get any alerts on my app, my Tsevadom Code Red app, but apparently those residents down there uh, did. This is the second night or the second time in which terrorists fired uh, rockets into Israel since Operation Breaking Dawn in August when terrorists fired over 1,100 rockets towards the Jewish state. Um, A month ago, a rocket was fired at the Eshkol region, intercepted by Iron Dome. So slowly, slowly, we're getting back to where we were before, with rockets being fired uh, on Israel. And again, we're supposed to be in the midst of a uh, ceasefire. Um, But as always, uh, we cease and they fire. It's been it's become cliche to say that at this point because it happens over and over and over again. We'll just have to monitor the situation down south and see what happens in the days and weeks ahead. Talking politics now here. The Likud reported by JNS, the Likud and religious Zionist parties reached a coalition agreement on Thursday evening that clears the way for Prime Minister-designate Benjamin Netanyahu to form a government backed by 64 members of Israel's Knesset. Under the accord, the religious Zionist chairman, Betal Smotrich, will become finance minister for two years under a rotation deal with Shas party head Arya Derry. The religious Zionist party, which has seven members of Knesset, will also get a post in the defense ministry, will be responsible for district coordination and liaison offices and the civil administration in Judea and Samaria, 
as well as the so-called Settlement Division of the World Zionist Organization and many other positions there. Um, you can read it. It's a whole list of different things. Um, I, I'm personally uh, optimistic here that uh, Betal Smotrich will be overseeing the civil administration in Judea and Samaria, known for time and time again, um, focusing on uh, trying to maintain the calm. And how do you maintain the calm? You destroy Jewish homes, which are questionably built, and uh, for the most part, leave uh, Arab illegal structures funded by the European Union intact. Again, that's not across the board, but according to you know organizations like Regavim and others, you have so much illegal building going on, specifically in Area C, with the goal of creating permanent facts on the ground uh, illegally in areas under full Israeli control. Likud, getting back to the politics here, has also has already reached a coalition agreement with the Otsma Yehudit Party and the Noam Party, and uh, this week looking to finalize deals with the United Torah Judaism Party and get the ball rolling here. Finally start governing after all this time, after the elections and coalition building and all this. So hopefully we'll have a government soon, and hopefully some of these policies will be implemented which will benefit the entire country, including the residents of Judea and Samaria. Uh, the Jerusalem Post uh, reports here this morning, an Arab from somewhere, a village in Judea and Samaria, broke through the entrance checkpoint at Ben Gurion Airport, causing a security alert there throughout the terminal, from what I understand. He was driving against the flow of traffic, broke through a barrier. He was driving a stolen car, some are saying that this wasn't a an attempt at terror, but took a, he took a wrong turn in the stolen vehicle off the Jerusalem Tel Aviv Highway. Apparently, it's not the first time this has happened. But, you know, with tensions in the air, pretty scary scene there as this... I mean, he is a criminal. He stole a vehicle. As this criminal drove the wrong way, uh, going through a security checkpoint, uh, driving against the traffic flow, breaking through a barrier there at Ben-Gurion Airport, and thank God things got back to normal very, very quickly. There's a new movie out on Netflix called Farha, the J-Post uh, reports, in which uh, IDF soldiers are seen murdering an Arab family during the War of Independence. It just came out on Thursday, and um, it's completely fictional. And I've seen a video with the director or producer, or whomever, admitting that this is fiction. Yet, of course, the anti-Israel haters are having a field day with this, claiming it's based on reality. And what this movie really is is anti-Semitic, anti-Israel trash. But the Israel haters, they're going crazy about it. They love it. And they, you know, are using it as another reason to go after the state of Israel. Netflix should pull this trash and again, I'm all for free speech, but, you know, this incites to hatred and possibly to violence. There's a point you don't cross. And from those who have seen the movie, who I've heard from, uh, this film crosses it. The depiction of an Israeli soldier or soldiers slaughtering an Arab family in 1948. 
All right, then you want to know why these terror attacks happen, whether it's movies like this or the daily incitement and the Palestinian Authority, official media, certainly in Hamas media, and then textbooks and education system and the UNRWA textbooks. Well, all this is going on. You want to call these people lone wolves to go out like the guy the other day and try to murder Israeli policemen and try to break into a car and murder the people in the car in Khawara? I don't like the term lone wolf because it all starts with the society. And while they may not have official affiliation to any of these terror groups, it's not a lone wolf attack. It's not an isolated incident. It's the result of an entire, entirely brainwashed society. So I'm not for the term lone wolf. But getting back to my point, I know that there are people who did cancel their Netflix subscription over this uh, movie, Farha. Uh, let's see where this goes. Of course, of course, recently there was pressure put on, um, I think it was Amazon, to pull that anti-Semitic film, which the nut job, completely out of whack, Kanye West. Um, sorry, Kyrie Irving, I can't even keep track. Which Kyrie Irving, that's another story. Kyrie Irving was promoted there on his his social media, getting him in trouble, the NBA player. But Kanye West has also lost it, praising Hitler and all the other stuff. I don't even want to talk about that guy. Okay, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is supposed to speak to the radical extremist fringe group J Street at their annual conference in Washington today. By the time you're hearing this. He probably would have uh, already done that. Um, and there was a, a good uh, analysis in the Friday Jerusalem Post by Herb Kanon about an op-ed written by uh, former U.S. Ambassador Dan Kurtzner, Kurtzer rather, and former Middle East negotiator Aaron David Miller. Read Herb Kanan's analysis of this. Um, I'm reading a little bit here from his article, Herb's article. This is where Kurtzer and uh, Aaron Miller stand these days. He writes, if former U.S. Ambassador Dan Kurtzer and former Middle East negotiator Aaron Miller had their way, Blinken would announce that the U.S. is suspending the sale of offensive weapons to Israel. That's right. Kurtzer and Miller are longtime peace processors during the 1990s and 2000s who are critical of presumptive Prime Minister Netanyahu for mainstreaming extremist parties in Israel by bringing Smotrich, Ben Gvir, and Maoz into his coalition, are themselves mainstreaming the blockage of arms deals to Israel, once the purview of the extreme anti-wing of the Democratic Party. So here you have two Jews, right? Peaceniks. They want peace in Israel. They want a two-state solution. They want Israel to make concessions. Now... They are calling for the suspending of weapons to Israel. Similar, similar to uh, the, the uh, squad who wanted to suspend uh, sales of arms to Israel, supported by Bernie Sanders and AOC in September 2021. Even, by the way, as her points out, there were no so-called extremists in the government Remember uh, Naftali Bennett's government? We had everyone, Kumbaya, the right, the left, everyone together. Even during that time, AOC introduced legislation that would have suspended the transfer of $735 million worth of guided missile conversion kits to Israel. 
okay? That's what she wanted to do under our old government with the support of Sanders. But now the idea of barring arms sales to Israel received a tailwind now from Kurtzer and Miller. In their Thursday op-ed in the Washington Post, the pair of seasoned diplomats bewailed the results of the Israeli election, said that the Biden administration should tell Israel that while the U.S. will continue to support its allies' legitimate security requirements, it will not provide offensive weapons or other assistance for malign Israeli actions in Jerusalem or what they call the occupied territories. Why? Because of the November election results. Not because of anything the presumptive Netanyahu government has done. For remember, and here's my point, folks, it has not even been formed yet. The government has not even been formed, and here you have these two nobodies, two failed obsessive peaceniks, as Herb Kanan says, putting the cart before the horse. These people have nothing to show for their careers. They didn't make peace because they were headed down the wrong path. They are threatening the Israeli government, which has not been formed. Now, listen, I agree. Israel should rely on the U.S. less for, for arms. Okay, we should count on ourselves more. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying Israel should be punished because they don't like certain ministers. These are the people who tried to advance Oslo. And they stuck with Oslo even as Jewish blood was flowing in the streets. Now they want to hurt Israel. And how do they get away with it? Because they are Jewish, just like Peter Beinart, who makes an entire career out of bashing Israel. These failed nobodies encouraged, are encouraging the U.S. to hurt Israel. What chutzpah. And I have a few other choice words for them, which I will not say at this time. But that's how I feel. These guys sitting in D.C. or Manhattan, wherever they live in their penthouses, for being failures... Lecturing Israel, trying to hurt Israel. You talk about chutzpah, this Aaron Miller and Ambassador Kurtzer penning an op-ed to punish Israel for a democratic election and for the results of a democratically held election in this country. Chutzpah. And they get away with it because they're Jewish. All right. Uh, it's just chutzpah, folks. And um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's hope the Biden administration has more important matters on their hands uh, than an obsession over the state of Israel, like the UN has that obsession. So Biden can deal with high gas prices and inflation and any other stuff he has to deal with before the U.S. Before you know it, goes to an election again in less than two years. Finishing off with some great news here. Researchers at the Technion, this is Israel 21C, the Israel Institute of Technology have recently, have really, sorry, outdone themselves this time, coming up with a single solution to two of mankind's most pressing problems, COVID-19 and bad hair days. That obviously is uh, sarcasm there. Their recent innovation involves an invisible air screen that protects the eyes, nose, and mouth from viruses such as COVID, MERS, M-E-R-S, and the flu by blocking aerosols produced when people speak, when large droplets are produced by coughing and sneezing, um, and the aerosol-laden air that hangs out in front of our faces in general. 
Not only is all this nastiness blocked without having to whip out environmentally hazardous face face masks each and every time we leave the house, but the air screen also allows us to communicate properly without covering half our faces. The research led by Professor Moshe Shoham and Professor David Greenblatt from the Technion was recently published in the journal called Experimental Thermal and Fluid Science. Uh, Very important, by the way, especially for those who rely on seeing other people's faces in their daily communication. Think about elderly people, caregivers in nursing homes, professors, students, physiotherapists, psychologists, those who want to protect themselves from the flu and other viruses and don't have to fully use a, you know, a mask and cover their faces. Um, So... This is a huge breakthrough, huge technology out of the Technion, an Israeli product, which it says here the Technion recently licensed the technology to a new startup called Wisdom Wearables, which is in the process of seeking partners and commercializing the product. So, also, no, you know, the, in addition to the oral communication, uh, everything associated with masks, headaches, skin problems, reduced attention in patients. All that stuff out the window thanks to an Israeli technology. So if you are an, an anti-Israel BDS hater and this technology comes out and is available, uh, don't use it, don't wear it, stick with the old masks, or don't wear a mask, or do whatever you want, but don't be a hypocrite and use this technology from uh, the Technion, because then you would be a hypocrite. So that's my advice to everyone as Israel, once again, a light into the nations, doing great things for the world in so many different fields. And here, thinking about health and science and just doing wonderful things for the world. So don't be don't be a hypocrite. BDS haters, don't wear these masks, these uh, masks which allow you to communicate because uh, they are, uh, in fact, clear and use the latest technologies from the state of Israel. And that's going to do it for today. Again, rec- recording on the 4th of December a day earlier than when the show is going to be released. Josh Haston from just outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Benjamin Breski, engineer extraordinaire. Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Most importantly, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Have a great week. Shavua Tov. Have a wonderful week from Jerusalem, Israel's eternal capital. Here the beautiful Holy Land. Have a great week, everyone. Shalom. My name is Jeremy Gimpel. A few months ago, we started an online seminar teaching life-changing biblical wisdom revealed from the original Hebrew and straight from the mountains of Judea. With global instability on the rise, more and more people are turning to God, realizing now they don't exactly know where to look for guidance. The Bible says the guidance will come from the land of Israel. What started as an online seminar has grown into a global fellowship with hundreds of members from over 30 countries. We are participating in fulfilling prophecy as we learn the Bible through the eyes of prophecy with a focus on what it's telling about us in our lives today. What you will discover is that the wisdom transmitted thousands of years ago is speaking directly to us in our time right now. Instead of learning the Bible as a religion, it's the Torah of Israel the living guidance of God. So please join us for our next online gathering and get access to the full library of teachings that the Land of Israel Fellowship is offering. 
Join now and get an audio series on the prophecy encoded in the book of Joshua, absolutely for free. Just click on the link below or email fellowship at thelandofisrael.com. I don't know how you found this video or what compelled you to click on that link, but I don't believe in coincidence, and I would encourage you to take the next step on your journey toward the land of Israel. I hope to see you at the Land of Israel Fellowship. Shalom. Shalom.